I'm in Max. You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello, and welcome to Season 29, Episode 7 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Stork. And it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. This is like... We, we used, can do it if we try. This is yeah, kind of how it started yeah. all back in the day. It was just the two of us. In fact, I think for almost a whole season, it was just well, Stu and I. And Tabby. It was yeah, the three yeah, of us, yeah. yeah. Many a time, though, it was just you and I. Yeah. Uh, in this episode, John from San Francisco wants to play Who's the Asshole? And Garrett in SoCal asks about his voice and talking too much as a GM. But first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And I think Who's the Asshole should be a new game. I think it should be You'll a lose. new theme. Well, okay. <laughs> or I'll win. <laughs> but uh, I think that's a like it, it, almost like you know the GM confessions and the horror stories and... The, and the success stories. Who's the asshole? I, lo- I think it's very What's on that? brand. Oh, it's um, it's a rom com when Harry met Sally. Right. And then he's like, he, he's he's trying to explain to her because he's a guy. He's trying to explain to her the situation. It's like, who's the dog in this story? Am I the dog? Am I the dog in this story? Who's the asshole in the story? Right. Am I the asshole? <laughs> Uh, so email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We'd love our emails. We need them. There are our content. And uh, if you'd like to watch us live, you can watch us at 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Pacific Standard Time now. And it's November, and it was 90 degrees. What the fuck? Uh, but at Happy Jacks Sorry, Canada. Yeah. Happyjacks.org slash live. That's happyjacks.org slash live at 7.30 p.m. on Fridays. For the foreseeable future. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, and we're playing uh, Sunday. Sunday. We're, we'll be playing... Um, the GURPS. Uh, slouching Towards Eldemy. Slouching Towards Eldemy. And if Eldemy. you watched... If you happen to have watched last uh, our last episode and saw the wonder of Stork's Dice Rolling, which was amazing. I mean, my God. You can't even imagine. You need and it pre- has derailed the story. Well, it is because, <laughs> because when when Jose failed, he's just an archer, so he just shot a guy. In the face. In the face. <laughs> but Stu has this theory when it comes to magic users. When they fail, and they critical fail, which I did, it changes the world. Oh, sure. So Stu, sticking to his guns, even though it's rewriting his books and his world, is sticking to it. It's not. It's not. And it's almost like I'm fucking psychic. You know why? <laughs> because you wipe that thing off the map anyway. No. Through, the down of through. Because if you if you read if you read the first no, the first Mandite novel, mm-hmm. this little town that you're because remember Ikoha Smurt, they right. go up to Ikoha yeah. Smurt and they go this little town. Yeah. It's not called through. No, it isn't. It's a different town. <laughs> You're so lucky. I didn't even know it. I could. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna call it through. I don't know why I said that. I don't even remember naming this town, but I do remember saying, I don't want to page through that whole fucking book and find out what the name of that goddamn little town was. <laughs> so I just called it that. Said so it'll just change at some point, point. and it's changing because of your dice. <laughs> That's the amazing part of it. So, and I okay, which brings me back to the thing. I really laud the fact that you actually have. That theory worked out. It's a kind of a cool theory that you could put into any game, which is if your magic user sc- uh, screws up, like yeah, serious, totally critical a, screws a up. A serious critical failure for magic should like change reality in some way. I think, and I think, I think that's it, really cool. I, at least I I think it should. Uh, that was should, me. Oh, it was you? Okay, I it's, me, that it's, was, it's the phone it? telling me that I'm on. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I, I I teased it. Last week, I said if you should watch it. I said, I said this is what happens. And Kimmy's like, "Oh, you're spoiling the whole thing." I'm like, "No, I'm not." Because no, the it. most fucked up thing that happens in it, I did not mention. You got to go watch it, and see it happen, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that is really fucked up." The most fucked up thing. It's, it's what more you did was more fucked up, but again, and, and to be fair, to be fair, in GURPS, when you roll an 18 on the failure table, it does say something like it's, summon a demon, you summon a demon, or, or, or something. something it, it, and, it, and it says you summon a demon, and it immediately attacks the party, or some other equally horrible thing. thing. And I, I didn't. It would have been a, if, if I would have summoned a demon, and it had come in, it would have killed the whole party. It would, summoning a demon is a TPK. I don't care how high level you are. 
really. You, if you're way up there, you might be able to. But I mean, phew. Head shot for the wind. It's GURPS. But I, I just decided. You know what? I'm just going to make it. A, it's going to be a big problem. <laughs> It's, and it is. And it's going to weigh on your soul. It, it, your I, it already has. I've actually lost sleep over it. I'm like, I'm like I've really screwed up the, the, the whole game. Oh, wow. I'd be fascinated to see what happens. And what you guys do about it. It's going to be... Just, you think? Man. I'm terrified. Anyway, this actually kind of pl- kind of plays into one of our emails. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Who's the asshole from John in San Francisco? That was you want to ex- read this one? Uh, you can read it, sure. Okay. Dearest... Or we can take breaks. Sex. It's three pages long. The shower. Mm-hmm. I have a hollow story and a few questions, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on. First, the story. I was playing with my group, a mix of guys I'd met in high school and college, and we were all in our mid twenties and played a few different systems, mostly GURPS, 4E, World of Darkness games, with a few attempts at Rifts, Shadowrun, Cyberpunk, and 2020, Cyberpunk 2020. Excuse me, uh, because those games are also amazing in some ways, and it hurts to. To at least, to not at least try to play something that beautiful. No matter how broken the actual games wind up being at the table, as it turns out, the same can be said about World of Darkness and 4E, and maybe even GURPS. Nope. Ain't maybe broke. for all RPGs. <laughs> Is the promise of the perfect RPG always just over the horizon? That's actually, that could be a whole topic in and of itself. Oh, sure. You've opened up a Pandora's box there. Yeah. But I do like the thought. I do like the thought. Of, is the promise of a perfect? Because I don't know if there is a perfect RPG. No, of course not. The, well, the, per- the perfect RPG is the one you're having a, an amazing time playing. Well said. <laughs> it's a T-shirt. <laughs> anyway, I personally think the last game session that we had was. I mean, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to have to do like a filler thing because we were missing a player, right? It's going to come back. He's be like, "What the fuck did you guys do?" <laughs> I leave for eight hours. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, we finally had one member of the group who was willing and able to run us through a campaign he created for the most compelling entry into the world of Darkness Candidate, Changeling the Dreaming. I was so excited. The GM said he needed us all to play different kits, and one of us needed to play. Um, a, I always get this wrong. I'm just reading the chat. Most people would have would have just torqued the spell, not alter the entire campaign. Right? Mechform Mechaform says Stu's not a lot of people. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> so it, made, I, it made perfect sense. I'm I want to make Go sure ahead. I get this right because Go I never ahead. say it right whenever I did it before. Mm-hmm. Just the um, the S I D H E is she. That's it. She. That's how. Well, at least that's how James Marsters pronounces it when he reads the Harry Dresden novels. Because. Yes. She. All right. Thank you, Internet. And I, I, every time I come up to it, I forget that. It's probably because it's Welsh. It's S-I-D-H-E, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll look it up just to make sure, but James Marsters pronounces it she. I, if he said it enough, in the, in the, I'm sure somebody would have corrected it. Uh, so it, it is from now on she. Uh, no one else wanted to, so I volunteered. Not my first choice, but whatever. I made my character and for, and for my cantrips selected the Sovereign Art think the vampire discipline's presence and dominate smooshed together. You may not know this about changing, but if you have the right players in the right frame of mind playing a motley of fairies, they can wind up looking a lot like Dragonlance party full of candor. The puka started playing pranks with the knocker, and the knocker decided it would be funny to hide my character's car. When my character learned what happened, he demanded the knocker return it. The knocker said no, so my character used Sovereign Prank 2 on him and forced him to. This is where things kind of fell apart for our group. I felt that the situation had been fairly resolved, but the, sno- but the Knockers player was super pissed about being mind-controlled. The rest of the group pretty much agreed with the Knockers player. There was a big blow-up about it, and actual hurt feelings, and many long conversations before we could all get back together <coughs> and play. The, t- uh, the rest of the group convened separately to plan a way to put my character in his place. It did so by having a troll challenge my character to a duel for leadership of the motley in open court and of course kick my ass because the troll was optimized for combat not fun to have the rest of the group single you out for a paddling but it's only a game and it was their pcs against my pc not my friends against me right we wound up writing my character out of the story early uh, and having me play a different character and that sort of worked we were able to finish up the campaign, but the magic of the game was kind of ruined for me, and I think it was for the rest of the group as well. 
This incident is probably the most discussed incident in my group's history. And yes, most of us still play together over a decade later. And this is something that we have talked about many times. It, but it's worth rehashing. It's uh, worth, it's worth uh, although they are talking about the, at least it, if, in my opinion, of the one exception I said is, you know, uh, except for supernatural cases, you can't, because we, we use it like, for like when you're trying uh, social roles on another PC. It's like, I'm going to try to convince this PC to do to, to go along with this plan rather than that plan or whatever. But he bring okay, he brings up some very good points. And yes, we have talked about this before, but I think it's also worth sort of unpacking a bit again for new listeners and sure. even just for ourselves. Yeah, we'll get to it. Revisiting this sometimes you you remember things you didn't say last time. Uh, next the question. There's still a few questions I've noodled over the rest as a result of this story, and I would like to hear your take on them. Partially because you're all amazing gaming genie, but <laughs> but actually because the rest of the group disagrees with me and I'd kind of like a sanity check. Who's the asshole? The rest of the group feels like I was an asshole. I need a, I need a, a soundboard. Who's the asshole? With Who's a little fart hand? No? Yeah, Maybe? No. Okay. Yeah. Get, get going Go on it, but not now. Right. Uh, was I the asshole for using mind control on another PC? They're, th- they're thinking, if I may attempt to speak for them. Is that making decisions for your character is the only thing you can really do in a game? And when someone else takes that away from you, your core activity has been stolen from you. Uh, yeah, we call it taking player, no player agency. agency right, right? Yeah. I feel that the Knocker's character was being an asshole. The amount of agency he lost wasn't really all that different than the amount he took from me by hiding my character's car. He shouldn't have picked a PvP fight if he could if he didn't want me to respond. My response was proportionate and maybe even restrained. If you take something, I make you give it back. We're square. And if your character can fuck with my character's abilities to do things by stealing gear or incapacitating him in combat, then my character can fuck with your character's ability to do things via mind control. Because that was his build. That's how right. he attacks. Is mind control a special category of leverage? A core part of our disagreement centered around the question of how mind control control should be off limits, uh, even when theft and combat are on the table. In all oh, of the you, you skipped it. Oh, did I? Uh, mind, control, uh, mind control be used oh, in a PvP situation. Can be used in a PvP situation. The rest of the group <coughs> seem to feel that direct mental c- control should be off limits, even when theft and combat are on the table. In other words, I can take or disable your character's things. I can beat your character into submission physically. I can tie your character up. I can even kill your character, all of which result in limiting your ability to interact as a player. But mind control (coughs) is in a special category, and no decent person would ever use it against another PC, even when that PC is using other things against him, like theft and physical force. I didn't ask for PvP conflict and would have preferred not to engage in it, but I wasn't able to sit down for it either. The knocker... Knocker, yeah. The Knocker had yeah. ranks in stealth and used them to mess with my character. My character had ranks in Sovereign and used them right back. Then the Troll used his <laughs> ranks in Melee to weigh in against my character. C'est la PvP, non? But maybe there's something about mind control that just makes it worse for some reason. Maybe it's really less of an invasion to have another PC kill or incapacitate your character than it is for them to dictate actions for them. How can a group handle the risks? The risks of PvP conflict. I think a big part of the fun of an RPG is the bleed. Getting to be someone else for a while. Getting to feel... Mm, see, you know what? i got to circle that because I'm not sure that that's actually... I have a, I have a point about that. Um, uh, getting, getting to be someone else for a while. Getting to feel uh, what it's like to go all in on life and no real world consequences. Getting to feel the exhilaration of your character's victories and the desolation of your character's defeats in the safety of your garage. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Uh, around the table with your friends, which I think is what makes PvP games a little dangerous. I want that bleed, but when I'm playing a PvP game, the bleed can feel like hurt or anger or resentment towards my friends. The incident described above really did strain our world, real world relationships, which was incredibly sad. How can I keep the fun of the bleed without causing bad feelings between my actual friends and my actual self? Do I need to avoid PvP games altogether, or are there better ways of handling PvP play? Do World of Darkness games promote player versus player conflict? Yes. Yes, they do. I, it's built into it. It's, it's built into the fabric. Clans hate each other. <clears throat> it's also in. Um, it's also in uh, hey, L5R. Yeah, um, well, they're at least rivalries. At least, and they're they're baked into the system where some people absolutely hate. Each Everyone other. hates the scorpion, and and every and then in the histories, of every crab looks canon, down on everyone else. Certain certain. 
plans have different... Yeah, anyway, yeah. yes, it's baked in. <clears throat> I've always wondered if some of the problems in the game had their roots in our attempts to play true to our splats, which, which, which I guess we were alluding to. Was the Puka instigating problems with his uh, constant pranks? Was the knocker messing with the she because knockers are supposed to be grumpy and rude? Was the she making his face just a little too punchable by playing true to the haughty she type? <laughs> All very good points. Years later... You made your face too punchable. Years I'm later, sorry. Reading through I had no choice. <laughs> I think that explains most of my high school experience. <laughs> Years later, reading through some splat descriptions, I realized that all these different disagreements and prejudices spelled out in the outlook sections of each splat. Yeah. This seems to be true for all games in the line. Not just Vampire, but... And not just the obvious ones, like Dream Speakers and Virtual Adepts, Red Talons, Slaughters, <coughs> Knockers, the She, all the splats. They, yeah, they build that stuff into some probably all of them, I think. I haven't read through, a bunch of them I haven't read, but... All the splats have some inherent points of conflict in which other, uh, with each other baked into the fluff, and often into the crunch, too. Add to that our kind of core game themes of power and arrogance... And the fact that you're, for so many of us gamers, the table is a place for us to finally stand up for ourselves and punch back after a week of taking it on the chin. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's some truth to that. And I think you have a recipe for some pretty intense PB- PvP conflict. I think our group avoided bumping up against this for as long as we did because we mostly played Werewolf, the Apocalypse. And in that game, the situation is so dire and the enemy's threat so immediate that a pack can believably put... Intertribal conflicts, and maybe even conflicts with the other changeling breeds, aside long enough to fight the worm at the gates. The beauty of the World of Darkness games was the rich setting from the world and the concepts to the art. Sure. Uh, it's not reading the rules book, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not organization. It's not It's, it's not hidden, indexes. It's hidden in artwork. <laughs> I know. Like, it's like in some comic serif font, and I'm, it's in gold, and I'm trying to decipher it like in the middle of like, a black background in like Point four pika, but I digress. Yeah, on white paper with gold ink. <laughs> the the freaking mage book, Jesus, unreadable. And the supporting content, hundreds Pretty. of books with a game system that didn't entirely suck the fun out of the game most of the time. But we're all still playing them today, and I think the intercharacter tension they promoted is part of the reason we stopped. Well, that and the fact that the new line of games completely sucked all the magic and wonder out of, and the setting and replaced it with dreariness and despair. Finally, that's really said dreariness and despair. Finally. An imperative command. Drink, you slimy bog maggots. Drink! I'm, Max. I'm out of... John in San Francisco. Someone bought... Yes. I don't have anything to include in the obligatory PS, so drink again. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Go Giants. Boo Dodgers. I, I believe that's a sports Our brother. sports team is far better than your sports team. That's a... They make more goals. They, yes. Or points. They... Yes. That was a sports <laughs> reference. <laughs> Our sports team is mighty. Yours is less mighty. Speaking of how you like that. Speaking of conflicts <laughs> right. inherent baked into the system right there, right? All right. Like we arbitrarily assign like rivalries because for some whatever reason we want to fight each other. Yes. We we're tribal. So when we first started talking about this stuff, this was actually at least when I was talking about it, this was the exception to the rule cuz what we the, this initial conversation happened a long time ago and it had to do with Someone using social skills, like, uh, not intimidate, but, uh, con- I'm trying, I'm not, the word's not coming to me, like convince or yeah, you, you get, you fast get talk or something yeah. like that. To try to get another character to do something, and... And if you have a lot of points in it, it makes sense. It's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll fast talk on... And, and, and but we have, we have the, the sort of consensus was... But I don't even remember. It's been so long. I don't remember what the consensus was on that. But it, but I, the, I, I was of the belief that the players you need you should you need to stop the game and the players need to have a sort of the like it, let's say I'm using fast talk or convince or something you know some sort of some sort of skill that like is going to try to like get you to to be on my side on a particular issue and. And my my take on that was at the time if the if the if the player trying to convince the other character gets a very good role, then you sit down and have a conversation, and it would be something like because because trying to con- get someone who believes something strongly to change their mind is nearly impossible if the internet has taught us anything. 
it's nearly impossible in real life. It is. You're never it gonna, really is. You're never going to go to a, I don't know. You're not going to talk your way past a guard in front of a military installation. You're not going to convince a Scientologist in a conversation on the street that he's wrong. I mean, how many? Right. How funny is that would be? He's like, what a fool I've been. You were right this right. whole time. What was I thinking? It's just not going to happen. No. So, the, so what... So what I would what I would do in that situation is I figured I always think of social skills are ways of applying leverage, and and ways of trying to to uh, figure out what it's going to take, what sort of pressure it's going to take to get someone to do what you want them to do. Right. And it and getting thinking you're going to change their mind is just unrealistic in in in, in real life, and it translates if you're if especially if it's player character versus player character. Mm. And, and I would say at that point, as the, if I was GMing a game and there was one character trying to convince another and he got a real good role, let's say he got a critical success. Okay, I'd go to the other player and say, what would this character have to do, have to promise, have to say, to get you to change your mind on this issue? Yes. And it may be, I wouldn't. Right. Or it might be, well, if he offered me something... So, yeah, it's a negotiation more than anything now. But, but it's out of character, yeah. and it's, it, 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 it's a meta-game meta conversation. And say, what is there something that he could do? And I'll say, and then, and then because the, the whole point of a social character is they know people, they know how to read people, they know what people want, and that, that's how they get them to do things, right? They don't, they're using mind control. No. It's they're trying to convince them, and they're trying to use leverage or pressure to get someone to do what they want. And that may very well be something like, I'm going to promise to do something for them in the future, or I'm going to bribe them, or maybe I'm going to threaten their family, or I mean, if it's, you're getting real dark... It could be all kinds of things, and they'd say, "Well, he'd have to he'd have to threaten me to, in order to do something like that." Like, and and then it would say, "Okay, so you have now made your role, and you are now convinced. In order to convince this guy to get this person to do what you want them to do, you're going to have to threaten his children. Are you is are you as are a you character willing to, there, yeah. willing to go to that dark place in this situation, which is already a little tense between mm-hmm. your characters?" Mm-hmm. You know, and and if they are, I would say go ahead and let them do it. Yeah. And if not, if the player says, you know, there there really is no way I would ever do this, then I would just tell them, you know what, you know, there's no way this guy's ever going to do this, and and it's like goes against everything he believes, blah 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 blah, because that's what social skills really would do. Right. Right. They would give you insight into how you might be able to convince the other person. They don't magically change their brains no and i've always said except with magic and, and psionics and things that actually where you can shape someone's mind that is the best way to handle that sort of conflict now he's talking about mind control yeah because i'm assuming sovereign is like a she like you're all you're all yeah. part of fairy but you're like a you know part of the nobility or well they're all changelings but you're so you got a parent who's a a noble, and you're basically lording your status or your parents' status over the other character. I'm assuming, but is or is it actually a mind control? I'm th- I'm, I'm just, he called I, it I, dominate, and you know, some, so, yeah, he called it, it sovereign. But it's a, but, it's enough of a mind control to be mind control. I think I think you could just call it mind control without getting caught up see, in the words. He, yeah, he was. He, he, Let's just call it. It's you're dominating and taking over someone's will, so, right? The nuances and the crunchiness of the words is, in the general sense, you are, in fact, taking over someone's mind. So I, I would say, in this sort of situation, I, that is that is the power this character has. He's built around it. That's what he does. Right. He doesn't attack with a sword. This is how he attacks. Right. And, and is he robbing player agency? Yes. Yes. The same thing would happen if I had an NPC with mind control that mind controlled another player character. Yes, no one really complains about that. They do. Well, they might. But they shrug. It, they shrug it off after like, yeah, oh, sorry, guys. You know, if everything's above board and the dice are out on the table and it's yes. like, oh well, yeah, you got me. I mean, most people, I mean, reasonable people, would say that and play along with it and try to figure out how to make that fun. In this kind of a situation. I personally think you would have done very well to have a very specific, and you probably should in the future if you guys ever play together again, have a very serious Session Zero conversation 
about especially when you're playing when you're playing World of Darkness games. World of Darkness games, you're absolutely right. They player versus player conflict is well, PC versus PC conflict is built into these games. As much as I like World of Darkness, I've never been a fan of PC versus PC conflict anyway. Right. And I always find myself getting attacked or attacking other people in these games, and it makes me uncomfortable. It, it's stressful to me. It is, especially if you are a, someone who really kind of takes on their character as a persona. It, it It's not easy to divide that and not take it personally on a certain level. I don't even like playing video games with PvP. I right. Get my ass handed to me by some 13-year-old. Fuck right. that. It's like, I had a bad enough day. I don't need that on top of it. He dances on top of your body. <laughs> Teabags me. Yeah, right. That's like, I, I had a, I was just like, he brings it up in the email. I just spend all day getting yelled at by a guy. I don't need a 14-year-old to humiliate me online, too, when I'm just trying to have fun. Right, exactly, right. So, I mean, I personally think that in this kind, in this situation, there should have been a conversation ahead of time. Now, obviously, that, that didn't or that Or right then and there. Because this is the kind of thing where you don't necessarily see the ramifications until it happens to you once. But right, right then and there, I mean, the GM should have said, all right, psh, we need to talk about this. Are you okay with him telling you about this? And if not, why not? And then we, and then you discuss all of the stuff ahead of time. It's like, because the, a discussion needs to be had. Right. But I don't know. See, I don't think he's the asshole. Because other players were already starting to do things against each other. I have I have strong opinions about this too. So I, I agree with you. I don't think he's necessarily the asshole. The fact that they all then had a secret meeting to figure out how to get revenge on him, and the GM was part of it. Oh, I've been in a game. I GM'd. I GM'd a game where that where that happened. I GM'd a game where that happened. It happened to me a long time ago when in I was college. a kid. We we ended up killing another person's character because he was an assassin and he was stealing shit from us. So we killed him. Right. And the kid was all pouty and mad and went off and made a, made a Men Max character to of come course. back. Of course. We did the same thing. Because he was a 14-year-old boy and we right. were all like, you know, but your character was stealing from us and was trying to kill us. Well, I mean, I'm an assassin. I was like, so we killed you. <laughs> I was just doing what my character did. And we, we just did what our characters, characters would do. <laughs> so, and that does tie in with what he's saying. I want to dump, I want to backtrack a couple okay, of things. You brought up some some interesting points. First of all, social skills. I, this is something that always amazes me, and I need to remember that the con in con man stands for confidence. Yes, they right. gain your confidence, mm-hmm. and a con man is ostensibly an expert at social skills. Right, reading micro micro emotional cues, li- listening to the tone of your voice, being very likable, being very likable, or or, or, or personable, or and then figuring out what it is you like, and then saying, "Oh, I love that too." All mm-hmm. of that stuff. To gain your confidence. And in in some ways, I think that in order to play that kind of thing, where you're making a social check, it almost needs to be a, a meta. You need to zoom out and go, all right, he's being, he, he succeeded in his role. He's, he's making some really good points. Right. You know, and, and some of his points make a lot of sense. I mean, how are you going to take it? And, and take it away from the role playing moment right. for, for just a moment. You just zoom out and you see see the big picture that, and they're that, talking. That, if you keep it in the role playing, that may exacerbate the sort of feeling that it's a personal attack. Oh, totally. And, yeah. I, and it, this happens a lot. Um, there's some arrogance <laughs> and pride that gets involved in role playing. I mean, I've known people that would rather die than get taken to jail. Like, and it's like. No, I have a prison escape planned. It's going to be great. You can't. I'm not. You can't club me over the head and take. You can't me take my sword. You can't take my sword. <laughs> and it's the same thing. They get. They got. I'm going to kill myself so that you don't kidnap me. You're like, really? <laughs> oh, but it's just going to. It's going to be a jailbreak. Jailbreaks are fun. No, you're taking away my player agency. You kidnap me and you put me in a jail cell. I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, okay, all right. Whoa, stop. We'll do something else. Uh, I mean, there's this whole, whole like sacrosanct player agency thing. Player agency gets taken away every time there's combat. Uh, that's exactly right, and that's what he says. That's what he was bringing up in here. But and I, so I wanted to, I wanted to point out the fact that that he's also using the word bleed, and I I reserve that for when when bad events or events in your game affect you emotionally in the real world. Um, right. And I'll bring it to acting, and I know you guys get tired of me talking about actors all the time, but I know that I was watching an interview with an actress from um, this musical called Waitress, and it's a very emotional musical, and she was talking about how she could only do about nine months because the emotional toll it was taking on her was too much. Because even though they know it's a story, your body doesn't know. So when you work yourself up into a situation where you could cry or you're screaming, you know, eight, seven shows a day or twice on weekends, oh yeah, your body doesn't know. 
And so even there's a PvP conflict, you start to get stressed, you start well, to Well, you're jittery. doing all kinds of things to your psyche to your when you're trying to make yourself cry. And, and, but, but even... Because you're bringing up old emotions and things. And there's a physical effect oh, that sure. happens to yes. you. And it will literally <clears throat> tear you down. Your body doesn't know that you're not having a mental breakdown every night. Right. Your body reacts that way because you're basically having a mental breakdown every night. The same thing happens in role-playing games. That's the role-play part, is that you put yourself in a situation where you are stressed out and maybe having a breakdown that night, and it will, it will follow you to the next day. That's part of the reason actors are so screwed up is because they put themselves in these vulnerable, bad situations all the time. They'll show up on set and kiss a complete stranger, and then... It's hard not to feel something, and they have to have this disconnect. So it makes them kind of fucked up. Oh, sure, that. yeah. It's really hard to disconnect yourself. And when you're role-playing, whether you're a fabulous actor or not, there's some stuff that bleeds into you, your real world. You, like, you leave the table, whether you felt uh, excited or you were anxious through the whole time. Like, oh, my God, I thought we were going to die. And you come out of the table. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. Just imagine how many times you've walked away from a table after a really fun game, and you, and you talk about and obsess over the really funny thing. Like, the... Let, you're your roles. <laughs> I was, I've been talking about that for days. Thank God it was a fun thing. And it wasn't a horrible right. like right. fight, right? Because if you, if it was something like that, I'd be talking about that for days, right? right? And obsessing over it. To, the, the and that's bleed, not healthy. The bleed to me is the emotional baggage that that bleeds into that bleeds into the real world from the game. We had a we had a, a game that you guys were playing a couple of years ago, the Monster Hearts game, right? Oh, that, that exploded. It had to stop. Because of what was happening in the game started to bleed off into people's real lives and real relationships. And I, we know that about Monster Hearts. In fact, this is not, this is not a, an unknown story. Anybody that reads reviews about Monster Hearts, people are like, well, that, that, you've got to be careful with this game. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm not sh- sh- I have thoughts on that. On that I know game. you do. But my point is that there was actual bleed that happened. And it's, it's, um, it happens to a certain degree, I think, in all role-playing games. So I reserve bleed for a bad effect when, you, when it bleeds into your real world. Not just stress release or having fun, a fun time. I, yeah, I'll be playing a video game and get my adrenaline goes up and I have a great time, but it doesn't bleed into my psyche. Right. I might think about it. I might think about what I did wrong. I might think about how cool that mission was. Sure. But it doesn't necessarily follow me around emotionally. There's no, no emotional baggage that unless I get clobbered by a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> right. Repeatedly. That fucker. Fuckers. But... I'm gonna to tell me, your dad. To me, <laughs> to me, to me, that's bleed. When you when you right. when you're carrying around the emotional baggage after a, a role playing session or sessions, and I've had it happening in some of our games too, where you you have to remember this person in our game isn't mad at me. This is just our characters interacting. Sure, but it's hard not to take some of that away. And it's you need to it's walk away. well worth it to take a moment and and check in if you are in one of those very intensive. Scenes where you are in conflict with another PC. Absolutely, it doesn't, to, it doesn't have to be a fight, but it could just be a you know a strong disagreement yeah. between your two characters. Yeah, and that kind of stuff is what drama is made of. Yeah. I mean, that 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 makes for a good a good compelling story. But it's it's perfectly all right, and and I would say in in many cases necessary to stop and break character and say. You know I love you, right? We're, we're cool, right? right. <laughs> we're cool, right? Or even after the game, like, wow, that was intense. It went places I didn't know it was going to go. Can we can we just talk about this? Right. And actors do this all the time, too. They'll go out, hug it out after stage or whatever, because you need to have that conversation afterwards to decompress. A lot of times they just go home and drink. They're like, you know, because, oh, sure. because of there there is an emotional toll. Your body, does, we're still built like primates. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, yeah. and fear of a lion attacking us, even though we're in a modern city, is a constant thing. And our body doesn't know the difference between imagined emotions and real emotions. It still reacts that way. Right. And you end up carrying around emotional baggage from a combat you have or didn't that didn't go right from a game for months or weeks or right. as it sounds like to this years so but it can be really hard you have so, to be careful so so what is your what, what is your, what is your verdict asshole he's not the asshole i don't think it? he's the asshole and you brought up some really 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 good points like why is it any different when you take out your sword and yeah, kill me exactly than it is for me using my skill set to attack you now i i was in a game where we had mind control and I got mind controlled, and I actually was was like poking her for it. I kept I kept doing things, and finally she mind controlled me. But I leaned into it 
because I knew what was going to happen. And I knew that that's because that's what she was a Toreador, and that's what Tories do. They right. mind control. And you're playing vampire, you don't go, I can't believe she mind controlled me. It's like, well, she can't turn into a bat and kill you. She's not a combat monkey. Bat! They, they, they just, they, they mind control, right? So you have to know that going in. And actually, I thought I had a lot of fun with it. I, but I leaned into it, and I knew oh, what, sure. I, what I was in for. And I think that that's because we've had discussions, and I'm a smart enough player to know that if you're going to get in an argument with a vampire built for mind control, they're probably going to control your mind. Right. Duh. Hard to win <laughs> arguments against vampires that have either presence or awe. <laughs> dominate. <laughs> or dominate. Or, yeah. <laughs> and and the, But here's, here's the trick. If you are somebody that has that skill set and you mind control to dominate somebody, you got to be careful with that. Because you are basically taking away your player's, your player character, the other person's. It's a PV. It is a it is a, a, a PC versus PC attack. It, it is, and, and but there is at that point you're now playing two characters, and your other player, the other guy, sits back and goes, well, "What are you going to do? You make me walk off the cliff? What?" And it can be, it, it, it's very. What's the word I'm looking for? It makes you very vulnerable. That's not quite the word. Uh, Pissed off. Yes. <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> There's a helplessness. Oh, sure. And I think it, at that falls down to a real base reptile instinct where we're like, I don't, I don't want to be helpless. Especially if you were getting amped up because you were in a conflict with this right. other character about what we're going to be doing and you guys are, are getting your ire up and, and then all of a sudden the rug's pulled out from under you. It could. And I, and I think, but I don't, th- I don't think he was the asshole for doing it. No. I, I mean... I, I, I don't think now. You, yeah, you can say that you, you took away the character's agency, but there's ways to play mind control mm-hmm. so that it doesn't necessarily have to look like that. So and, it doesn't have to feel like. And that. you weren't mind controlling them for the entire game. It's not like your character's now. I'm gonna give me your character sheet and play two characters. You make up a new character. That's that wasn't no. that. No, it was just for a moment, a brief moment. He attacked using the attack you had. Now, I also think it's dickish that they all plotted to take you down for this. And I and I gave you huge points for leaning into it, going clearly they're pissed. Right. All right. What did, I mean, you and, have to this. Like, I, and, I didn't want and, to take and, a paddling, but I did it. Retiring the character at that point probably not a bad idea. Probably not. I mean, I got I I, I got Captain Oppenheimer or whatever yeah, his name yeah. was. I got into a we and we had this brilliant shouting match, and and, and you know and, and adrenaline was definitely being yeah. pumped. Yep. And and the, and then at the in the end of it. We know, like the whole thing, kind of, and my character like storms out of the place or whatever, and we're sitting there, and we're like, God, that was awesome. And then we're like, but these characters will never be on the same super team. See, and it's cool <laughs> that you had that because there's a lot of people that that adrenaline's going, in it, and they need to focus it somewhere, right. and now it becomes real. Right, and, I, and I'm like, you know what, my character at this point, he probably would go out and just become his own lone right. vigilante, and here he might, might make a good villain someday. And depending right. on how much people have been drinking, sometimes that that part of their brain doesn't engage, sure. and it becomes personal. Right. Um. It's hard to keep the stuff. It's hard to keep that world separate. It right. really is at times, um, and you hear actors talking about that all the time too. It's like there's a lot of them take a lot of time to keep those two worlds separate, and you think they're just being stupid when they talk about their character in the third person. But that's part of what they have to do to, oh, keep, sure. to stay sane. I bet it's a it's a whole thing, and I mean everybody does it to a certain extent. We all play various roles and such throughout world, you know. And sometimes we're fooling ourselves into certain things, you know. But and especially when you're playing role playing and it's imaginary, it's hard sometimes for those emotions and for that situation to not affect you. Have I said that enough? Yes. Am I beating that horse to death? Yeah. But I, I think strongly the asshole is all of you. You are all assholes because it probably well not assholes, but you you've learned a valuable lesson. You probably should have a session zero conversation if you're playing a game, especially a game that's that has. PC versus PC conflict built into it. Do you think that... You, have, you should say, where is the line going to be that we're not going to cross? And do you think that, <clears throat> then, that um, mind control is a special category no. of itself? No. If someone killed, like beat up another character to unconsciousness, I, I, I don't see how that would be different in any way. I mean, yes, you're taking away the player's agency for a, 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 a amount of time. If you're doing it for a long amount of time, that's a real dick move. But so is killing someone's character. Yeah, <laughs> so he, I mean, his points are, are very valid in this respect. Uh, a lot of it too is uh, sometimes people get blindsided and they don't make the right decisions right then and there, and then they're too proud to back down. Sure, it sounds like the, this party ended up killing your character and all of that. The GM was complicit in it, 
and now everything's better because they killed your character. Because people were probably too proud to sit, think back and go, you know, maybe... I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Right. Because I kind of started this whole thing. And, and you know, who, I don't know how old they were when this happened. Right. Right. <laughs> that may have a lot to do with it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I don't... I, I think it, it's just... This is a great, a great lesson for why you want to... If you are going to play a game that has that has PvP in it, you need to see where the boundaries are going to be. Or even and if, if you, you just d- get at a PvP situation in any game, because it can happen sure. in any game. That's true. And and if you haven't had that conversation, I think yeah, you, you need to stop and say where where's the line going to yeah. go? Where's the line going to draw? Yeah. And so. and then you also have to have a conversation about what it is you can do with dominate and mind control and what it does to the uh, to the person. Right. It's a it's a tricky thing. I, I think the way I ended up playing my vampire was that he still had an allegiance to this this other character, and she's cool enough that she didn't like. You're going to wait around and follow me around, and you're not. You're going to wait on my everything. Instead, right. she just dominated me for the one scene. But he still had effects, and I think there was a, there was even some points where she said, "I think we should do this." I think she's right. I, I completely agree. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and and so I was playing with it the entire time because she had dominated me, and I still had this. I don't. Residual. I, don't I don't remember if it was dominant. It was something that had this very long lasting effect because of the number of success. She yeah, had. she like like critical succeeded in her. Yeah, it was and, like, and, but you, and so I kept leaning into it, and it was fine. But she was also a cool enough role player because she could have, she could have had me in a collar and a, and oh, a, sure. and a little g-string thong following around, feeding her, you know, virgins. I yeah. anything. Well, it's a vampire game. I know, <laughs> but she could have, but she didn't. And I, but I still leaned into the fact that she still owned me if she wanted to. Right. In fact, there were a couple of times when she she said. I need you. Yes, ma'am. I'll be right there. <laughs> and it was fine because, in some ways, it kind of gave my character a clarity of purpose. <laughs> All right, I know what I'm doing in this scene. I'm helping her out. Right. <laughs> do whatever you say, sir. Is that scene from Boris <laughs> Gump? Do you know what your job is here, Private Gump? To do whatever you say, sir. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John from San Francisco. Appreciate the email. Very interesting. Uh, okay. Um, Hello, happy jackers. In pre-COVID times, when I would run RPGs in person for four-hour sessions, my throat would often start getting raw at the end of the game session. A couple of times, my voice would even get a little hoarse uh, later in the day day after the game was over and the players had left. This has been less of a problem for me more recently when running shorter sessions online. However, since I hope to get back to running longer in-person games sometime in the future, pandemics and family responsibilities permitting, I think it's a good idea for me to seek advice on this topic ahead of time. Now, I know what your first thoughts are going to be, and he was absolutely right when I pre-read this email. This GM should stop talking so much and let the players talk more. That's exactly what I thought when I read this. <laughs> he, see, he, he says right here, I've been a listener of the podcast for a long while now. So he knew. You are surely thinking. But, by you the know way, us uh, too well. Mechaform, I like it's a win-winny situation. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on. Way to pony up with the puns. <laughs> now you're beating a dead horse. It's that- blue. It's already right there. I know. <laughs> that That's part of my second question. Ah, so he's going to ask about that. Please try not to get too far ahead of me while you discuss my first question. I know many of your fine podcast hosts are also performers of one sort or another, so I figure you're a good group of folks to ask this question, th- this question of. What general tips, tricks, techniques, and therapies do you recommend for helping GMs preserve our voices? And then we'll, we'll talk about that now and we'll go on to the second question. First off... Something that no one, well, actors probably do it. And singers. And singers warm up. Because it, you, 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 your, your voice needs to... It's a get muscle. Acu- it, yeah, it needs to get accustomed to being used. Especially if you're you know, playing a game where you're going to be talking a lot, not too much hopefully, over the course of four hours. You need to be able to, to, you need to get your voice in a place where it can do that. It doesn't have to be arpeggios, but it, it, you wouldn't you wouldn't go helps. run a marathon. You wouldn't just like step out of your car and then go run a marathon. You stretch and you work. Well, the first time muscles. Yeah, if you've ever run <laughs> from something or any or for any reason, you learn very quickly that if you don't stretch, you're going to fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. So, because I I haven't lately, but I used to run three four times a week for miles. Yeah, you did, actually did really well. You were up to like eight or nine miles a day. No, or no, no, Wasn't no. You? Like three. That's still good. 
that's like, th- but uh, but running like almost the whole time. That's good. Yeah, you should be proud. That's and, really good. But the, the amount, of, but uh, 15, 20 minutes worth of stretching beforehand. Because if I don't, I'm pulled one of the muscles in my calf, and then I'll be limping for three weeks. I won't be able to run at all. So and, and and people don't think about the singers do, but we this is a muscle, but it's also more than that. It's all of this too, to be a singer and to and to even speak correctly. You're engaging all of these muscles through here, and singers need to warm up. People who are voiceover need, actors need to warm up. You hear actors backstage going ah, 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 all the time. Oh. And we're not saying you have to do that, but just be aware of the fact that, and, and we, we don't think of it as a muscle because we use it all the time. But all of this takes muscle control to it does to implant. And when you're and when you're jamming a game for four hours, even even if you, you shouldn't be talking as much as you are, you can get hoarse after all. And especially if you're um, a very like you're trying to paint the scene. Like the other day, you you spent a good five minutes laying out what it smelled like, what it looked like, what the weather was like, right. and then you're answering questions. If you have a pesky player like I do that had a litany of questions, you end up having to talk a long time on it. Right. And then there's character voices on top of that. Oh yeah, and and some of those character voices can might, like bad, like legitimately bad for your voice. Yeah. So so warming up is important. The other thing I was thinking was, mm-hmm. you might actually take or go to and learn a little bit about um, voice control and voice singing. You right. Even one class. Learn how to support, so. how to project. That way, you don't have to talk as loudly. The other thing, the other thing, and I don't remember. Wh- I see. I took a speech class yeah, in college, I was say. and I seem to recall there was a thing about the physicality of how you t- how you talk and where where you're talking in your vocal register. And if you talk lower in your vocal register, it's actually harder on your voice than if you speak in a higher register that you normally might not. Because like, cause I can talk way down here, and I can talk way down here for about five minutes, and then I'm done, and my right. voice is shot. Right. Or I can talk up here, where I, which is a little higher than I normally talk, and I could probably, I'm projecting more, and I can probably talk a whole lot longer before my voice starts getting tired. There's a whole physicality. There's a bunch of physics involved with that. I've been watching a bunch of shows on, on voice teachers and stuff talking, and yes. And there's reasons for all of that. The reasons aren't important, I don't but know what they there are. are reasons. <laughs> right. So you might, you know, if you if you are speaking with a low gravelly voice, like if you're like a character or you're trying to set a tone, maybe don't do that. Maybe try to keep your voice in a higher register so it'll, not, not like this, but, you know, just speak slightly and it, like speak up, as they say. And... The other thing is, if you if you are getting is that me or is it you? It's me. Oh, if you are getting hoarse quickly, there you might maybe you might have nodes or something too. You might, might want to ask next time you have a physical, ask your doctor about it because nodes are a thing. I don't yes. know. I, I, I don't. I know. I know. I know. Vocalists who've gotten them. Yes. We know a few people who've gotten yes. them. Yes. And they're no fun. And if you have that, that's tough. That's something, and, and I think vocal rest is, I, think, I, think my, I don't know. What oh, else it's still mean. a thing. Yeah. No, it's still totally a thing. And if you don't speak a lot during the day, if you're in an office or whatever and you're on the phone for short spurts of time, you can spend a lot of time not talking. Because I find myself talking a lot all day long. My, my job is a whole series of negotiations. How we're going to do this, how we're going to do that, you get on that, we do this, what if I try this, what if we do that, let me go get this. So there's a lot of talking and I come home and my voice is very strong. But if you find yourself not talking like I've done today, if you're my voice like is kind of weak and cracky. a software engineer yeah. where you're sitting and, and t- sitting in front of a computer typing silently for hours at a time. Exactly. You, now, I would definitely warm up. I then. haven't done much talking today. And I can hear it in my voice. In fact, it's right. just now beginning to warm up. Um, it's starting to drop in a slower register and all of that. But when I first got here, I was I was right here on my break the right. entire time. It sounded like shit. Zoink, scoop. What are we gonna do? <laughs> these are the things. These are these are actual physical things that happen to us. And it's it's just to pretend like oh, only singers have to deal with it, and oh, only public speakers have to deal with it, only actors have to deal with it. No, this is just part of the human condition. Tea. We have a voice. Drink tea with a little bit of honey and lemon in it. Warm up. Yeah. Uh, or throat coat. Yeah, throat coat. throat if, coat if, like it, it hurts. Throat coat is amazing. That's a type of tea. It's got slippery on You mainline um, uh, cough drops. I, cough drops, always yeah. have them. Even when he was GMing the other day, he kept popping po- cough drops. Yeah. And, and if you find that this is a problem, have a little uh, jar oh, of cough drops next to I've got, it, 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 when it, when, at fair, I have, like, yes, you do. I have an entire pouch that's dedicated. It has a tuner. 
Yep. And cough drops. And cough drops. And about 60 of them. Yep. And I will reach in before every show. I know. Before every show starts, I'll like get my beer. Nice big thing of beer. One cough drop, and that cough drop will last me for the whole show. You'll even sometimes do it in the middle of the show, because I saw you do it I, once I have. or twice. Yeah. And, and, and I'll sit, spit them out right before a solo. I, yes. <laughs> I will spit them out before a solo, or I'll tuck it in my cheek. See? Depending on what kind of... Confidence I need to make. <laughs> here's, okay, and here's a trick. As long I, there's not a lot of S's. Here's a trick I heard from a, again from a musical theater actress. She played Alphabet. She's the longest running Alphabet. All that being that she knows she knows from keeping her voice, like having to do seven shows a, a I week. Bet, yeah, she chews gum, mm-hmm. and when she has to sing, she just puts it in the side of her cheek. But she chews gum on stage the entire time to produce saliva to keep everything to keep everything. So it, you don't even need to bring some gum with you and just chew it. Chew it. You would be surprised at how. It loosens everything up. There you go. There's a couple of tricks. There. As for the second question, the idea of of the GM that should talk less and encourage the players to talk more seems like a good solution for saving the GM's voice on the surface, but that's only an idea, and it doesn't necessarily help with the execution. Uh, well, sure, if you've got a passive table where you've got quiet players, I mean, I've been at that table, and that's tough. Uh, I think the real question here is, how can the GM quickly, concisely, and effectively convey the appropriate amount of information about the game-setting atmosphere and plot hooks to the players so they can make meaningful decisions about what their characters are going to do? My my philosophy on that is turn it into a dialogue. Because nothing as a player is more overwhelming and sometimes boring than, than getting a, a massive data dump of information. It's like when you're setting a scene, sometimes less is more because you're. You got to remember when when you're a player, you're imagining or envisioning what's going on, and your your own brain is going to fill in the details. And if they're different than than the details that other people are imagining, it, that doesn't necessarily matter, unless it matters, which is when the players can ask questions. So if yeah, I, is it raining? Uh, yes. Right. The, one of the examples, one of the very few times that I've played rather than GM, Kimmy was running a game, and there was some sort of festival in this village or something, and we're coming into this town, and she's describing the village. And I'm thinking, she's like, it's a, it's a typical sort of medieval village, so I'm thinking of the thing where the second floors are kind of in, and there's a yeah. river of shit down the middle, middle of the road. very, very uh, diagonally. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, and it, there's the smells, and there's little wagons with the people selling yeah. their shit, and yep. the, Tinkers and all that stuff, I, I and, that. and I'm just this is all just in my head. It's just happening. I'm right. not like trying to do this. It's just happening. Right. And then she says that oh you, you know and the and everything is like pristine because it's a it's the the uh, it's a festival season. So like, Erase, 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 erase. Oh yeah, and then Clean just up. right away the the the, the, <laughs> the avenues widened up. They the, the got wider. <laughs> the, the, the 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 shit. The stream of shit down the middle of the road disappears, and now there's bunting, and, and you know, and it, it, your brain just does these things. And all you have to do as a GM when you're when you're when you're describing something, you want to give them. <clears throat> you don't need to describe the whole thing. You just need to give them like little bits of details. And, and like we've talked about this before about not, not don't forget senses besides sight. You know, what does it sound like? What does the place smell like? What does it feel like? Like, I did that with your... When you were in this little... I, you know, the first thing I told you guys was, this is the sort of country where you wonder why anyone is even bothering to live here. Yes. And right away, that's going to... Yes. In your mind, gonna, it's like, okay, it's kind of okay. desolate. Pictures of Iceland or the highlands right. or something, rocks and scrubby grass. Yeah. Right. Like little tufts of yeah. grass fighting their way yeah. to survive. Sort of a and, moonscape, you know. Right. And, and then, you know, and, and as the players start asking more questions about it, then you can start filling in more of the details. But I don't think, you know, maybe, I don't know if you are, but, I mean, there is a tendency to, like, here's the complete, all of the information you need to know about this place. Let that happen. That can be a conversation. It, there's a style choice, though, too, because, like, like um, like Dave Kazay mm-hmm. is a very interactive GM. Yes, and talks and dances and stuff. And yes, he still he still answers questions. But I mean, he lays out a whole scene. Sort of oh, sure. From the beginning, and and I don't really have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is a big data dump. That's a yeah. that's another thing. It's like, am I supposed to remember all these names? Am I supposed to remember like what the castle looked like? Am I supposed to remember uh, what the crests were? Uh, and and I mean, what. 
for me at least, I don't know about other 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 GMs, but for me, I think I'm doing a better job setting a scene when the players are sitting there watching and listening to what I'm saying rather than taking notes. If they're taking notes, then I, I'm I'm worried. It's like mm, this is a data dump. I, I'm giving them a data dump. I don't want to. Do and they're that. not paying attention, right? And they're not in. Not, not, they're, it's they're not out putting, of the scene. It's not putting them in, in into that world. So, because you could do things in a short. Like I'll just make this up. So you, you walk into town. Uh, the the horses' hooves make sparks on the cobbled streets. Right. As you walk in, you can smell uh, some wares and turkey legs being cooked, and you got the smell of cooked wares. You hear the there's some children that run by screaming. Uh, as you work your way into the main square, all the hawkers and the sound goes up, and you smell the mixture of smoke and cooked meats. It's amazing. Right. Done. Yeah. Are you there? Absolutely. <laughs> and. and <coughs> If, like, suddenly something happens, and let's like, oh, some you know, th- some bandits appear out of nowhere, and they're standing in the middle of the road blocking your way, and they draw their weapons. You don't need to give the tactical situation prior to that happening. In fact, it's probably better not to, because that sort of... Uh, spoils the surprise that there's going to be a fight here. Yeah, it's like here. Let me bring out this map with it's, these barrels and things. Why are you doing that? Oh, no reason. <laughs> and there's this, really? and it's this far away from here, and <laughs> yeah. this is over here, yeah. and it's like, oh, that sounds like it might be good cover. I wonder what's going to happen in You're the next right? five minutes. Why, why would you tell <clears throat> us like where the barrels right. are? And and at that point, then then you can get into a little more detail and say, oh, okay. There's this. That, what kind of covers around? And then you can start to describe that stuff to the players if you need to do that. So, for the purposes of this question, let's assume that your setting, uh, th- that the setting you're playing isn't one the players are intimately familiar with. I should probably should have read this before we start answering. <laughs> and <clears throat> neither is it your standard medieval fantasy. <clears throat> as the GM, you want to convey plot essential information to the players, as well as provide details that set the tone and atmosphere of the game. The voice. And voice NPCs sometimes without waiting for players to decide to go talk to the NPCs. Players don't always notice the little glowing exclamation mark above the character's head in tabletop RPGs. In mystery and role-playing heavy scenarios, the GM has to describe clues and details about NPCs that give the players a good idea of who they're interacting with. Plus, many players are going to need uh, reminding of the rules. I don't think that really changes any of that. Let me keep. uh, No, it doesn't. It's just he's just basically reiterating what we kind of said. Sure, you can write up short setting summaries and in-game news articles for the players to read before the game session. But at best, only half of your players are going to read those (laughs) write-ups beforehand. Yes, which is very realistic. And and for those that do, they can't. You can't expect them to remember. More than half of what they read, or or what was important in that? Oh yeah, exactly. How many times do you read a book? How many times did you read a book in college? And they test you on it. You're like, fuck, is this even from the book? I didn't. I don't know. I I think the best way for the game master to get information across to the players remains to be speaking. Remains by speaking during the game. Or am I wrong about that? No, you're not. But I don't think you need to give them all the information all at once. And and you you I'm, I'm I would be willing to bet there's information you're giving them that they never needed. Some it, that's okay, but yes, it, 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 it is it's setting stuff. But I mean, if you, if it's if, if you're if you're describing things to the point where your voice is you're like you're losing your voice by the end of the session, then that, that's something else. But I, 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 do I don't th- think he's talking too much. I really don't. I, I don't think, know. I think he's just talking more than he's used to. He's all, he seems to be defending. <laughs> about well, the fact that, that it, we like I said, really assumed he was talking too much. When you're playing much. in a four or five hour game, that tells me he's talking too much. <laughs> you do a lot of talking. I mean, in a four or five hour game, oh, you sure. do a lot more talking than a lot of people would all day. Oh, absolutely. That's, absolutely. that's my point. Um, you, I, but I think a lot of descriptions can end up being question and answer. Yeah. And, and, and a conversation. It doesn't need to. You don't need to. You know, completely and totally set the scene in minute detail, no. you can you know, kind of give an overall feel for of the course. thing. And then as the players are more interested in certain things, then you can say, oh, well, you know, there's, you notice this about this guy. Or, but even whatever. conversations can be taxing on your voice. Sure. I mean, after you go to a party or a club or whatever, at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. 
I don't want to put too many qualifiers on this question, but in case it helps, let me offer an example of a campaign setting. Imagine a gothic historic, historical fantasy setting where the heroes hunt monsters in a made-up European country in the 17th century. Uh, something like a mashup of Castlevania, Solomon Kane, and Ravenloft. Every detail about the setting doesn't have to be transmitted to the players all at once, but I still, it still makes the game... Still makes for a game where tone, atmosphere, and the question of what does my character know about this thing are key to the experience. What do you think are some of the best practices for verbally feeding that information to the players without the GM eating up all the game time by constantly yapping? I just played in a Castlevania Ravenloft game with Christopher Gaunt. It was a fun game. It was a great game. And, and one of his tricks was, so you enter a castle that is your typical, stereotypical, haunted, ancient castle. There's dust. There's the old statuary covered in things. There's paintings. Are, there's tapestries falling, moldering. Up, and we were all there. And that was it. That was about his opening paragraph and description of the scene. He didn't have to explain to us what each tapestry was doing, what it looked like. He didn't have to explain to us how thick the dust was. He just... Painted an overall general right. theme. He, he talked about bats up in the belfry as we approached the place. It's very kind of, you know, Scooby-Doo. Sure. But it worked. And I, all of us pictured in our minds a moldering old castle full of old tapestries and dust. And we were all there. We were all invested. We all had a different idea of what it looked like, but we were all there. Sure. I very much appreciate any answers you folks have for me. I'm looking forward to hopefully going to Strategic on uh or two next year, maybe even taking my family to next year's Ren Fair. Oh, excellent. Uh, maybe I'll say hi to some some of you in person, though I should probably keep my kids away from Rogue's Reef stage, depending on how old they are. That's a good idea. That's actually how we met <clears throat> Dave. Until they're way older. Rob and oh, yeah. a couple other people, they, they recognized our voices. And At they, the Renaissance and, Fair. Because they lived local, and they came in, re- and now they're good friends. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're all doing well and staying healthy in this ridiculous time we're all trapped in. Sincerely, Garrett and SoCal. Is it me or email writers lace, uh, lately lost the habit of telling you to drink? Why is that BS drink? Because we're both on the wagon. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. I, I think we've kind of pretty much kind of answered that, I think. I think so. I During think. the course of our, our ramblings here, we talk too much. <clears throat> yeah, we talk too much, too. <laughs> but we're professional singers and talkers. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I, I would definitely make sure you always have a beverage handy. And warm beverages really do help a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily as refreshing, but boy, can they make your throat feel better. Mm-hmm. Not hot, warm. Have some gum, have some, um, have some uh, pastiches, as they call them, for, for, the, uh, for the throat coat. Oh, for the- Fisherman's Friend. Oh. <laughs> fisherman's Friend. Oh, yeah. Buy that- those. They're great. Oh, yeah, you're going to love them. They taste great. What they is taste- it you said? They taste like hate. They taste like hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they work. They do work. I gave work. one to my daughter once, and she's never forgiven me. It tastes like someone took, like, the most bitter black licorice they could find. Yeah. And straight vanilla, no sweetener. And mixed it with hate. That's kind of what it tastes like. And it is, it's a tiny little innocuous sort of gray wafer thin. And it is, whew. You know, they say Altoids are curiously strong. Yes. Yeah. 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 These are actually worse than Altoids. Oh, and I like and not and no minty. I mean, they had, there is a, there is a little bit of sweetness to There's them. There's a burn, even. There's a burn. There is. The, I like them, and I've developed a taste for them. But um, yes, they are they are very hateful. Also out of the ordinary. Yes. Well, no, he was saying the same thing. It, if you you might have nodes or something too, and also losing your voice quickly is also a sign if you have um, uh, diabetes. If your blood sugar gets too high, let's not scare them, man. But, <laughs> Oh my God! You're losing. You you have diabetes. It's a tumor. <laughs> Stu is a self-diagnosed hypochondriac, so don't let him okay. scare you. Well, I have I have diabetes, <laughs> and when my blood sugar is real high, I got to be real careful because I will lose my voice after fifteen minutes or twenty minutes of talking. Because it yeah. it but also it fucks with you. I've, I've discovered it fair. The singing isn't the problem; it's the talking. Yes. And I have to remember to put my voice in a different place. Yeah. I switch from singing to talking and back again. Because I tend to talk in my upper register right here, and it's not necessarily right. I need to put it here with a little bit more resonance so I don't have to push so hard. Right. And it's not as hard on my vocal cords. But I'm up here all the time talking, and the next thing I know, I'm right at my break. I'm riding my break, and then it destroys my voice. This is more information than you needed to know, but it still harkens back to the fact that this is a freaking muscle, and you need to work it out and be aware of it. It's, it is... It's something we take for granted. We think it's just talking, but it isn't. And your voice will change as you get older. You know what? 
black licorice gets a bad rap. It really does. And you love that salty Jamesy. black licorice. God, I, you know, I've got to the point where oh. I actually like it. I actually like that shit. That. What was that called? Uh, monkey, the monkey poo? Oh. I think I was, like licorice, but that combined. Uh, it wasn't even like salt. It was like potassium chloride or yeah, something. It, so it's, it's like a salt. It's, it's not super salt. salt. It's like yeah. super salt. So did you hear my idea for the next vampire game? No. What we do in Shadows, L.A. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it'll be based in Glittering Night. <laughs> but and, and I'm going to make a glossary. Have you been, have you been watching? No, what it's something you? I need to catch up on. I, I'm taking the month off right now because I have one show ended and I have an opportunity for another show in oh, okay. December. And I'm like, I'm just taking the month off. So I've been watching a lot of things. I finally caught up on, like, I watched Deadpool. Okay. I watched The Hunter Show. Anyway, I will put it on the list because I do need to catch up. Fuck, it's funny. Season. Fuck, it's funny. But, they, like... In fact, I'll do that tomorrow. They... they, they um, the main one of the, the I guess is the main vampire uh, Nandor. Yeah, he's like um, he's like oh I'm so tired of life da da da. Full tiger so, of life. So he's he, he's thinking about going into torpor, but of course they don't call it torpor. They call it I think I might have a super slumber. <laughs> the great thing about this this game is clear or this is clearly based on the vampire game. Just, just it like almost seems like it. You know, is. I'm sure it was just like. Well, it's based on the movie. Just like Underworld movie was based on the vampire uh, books as well, because I mean, it's like oh, the vampires are have a war against the werewolves. Where have I heard that before? Hmm. Oh wait, there's certain vampires. That, hmm. I don't know timeline wise. I don't know if that works. I don't. I, it does. I don't know. All right. Um, are we doing world building still? No. Okay. <laughs> no, and we're we're at an hour. All right. Uh, music. Woohoo! I picked the right I was going to say, I was, I was ready for it. Thank you for joining us for Season 29, Episode 7 of Happy Jack's Surgery Podcast. My name is Sue. Stork. And we'll see you next week at uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time right here. Happy Jack's Surgery slash live. And don't forget, on Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. There's, we'll actually, there's actually a game every Sunday. It's just there? that the GURPS game alternate. They yeah. Alternate there's, but this Sunday, yeah. it's GURPS. Yep. And thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Why problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make? The preceding program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.